0: Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. Oh, first dates. Everybody's had at least a couple, right? First dates can be great. They can also be painfully awkward. There's a lot to think about. Who is this person you're agreeing to spend time with? Do they look like their profile picture? Will they spend the entire time talking about themselves or asking you questions? Are they a messy eater? Do they chew with their mouth open? Oh my God, that's the worst. First dates are and can be a mystery. You're trying to get to know someone and figure out if you want to continue to get to know them. I'm sure most of us have a list of questions we like to ask our first dates, right? We try to weave them into conversation smoothly. And more times than not, questions referring to money and finances are totally off the table. There's definitely those few things you don't talk about at first, right? It's not too polite to ask someone you just met about their pocketbooks and how much money is in them. Nick and Angela are well past their first date. They're at a stage in their relationship where talking about money and being honest about their feelings towards money is essential to their goals as a couple. How are you guys? Good. Doing well. How are you? Good. It's been a long couple of weeks for me, but otherwise pretty good.
1: Yeah, likewise over here as well.
0: (laughs) This week, we're going over Nick and Angie's money personalities as well as their primary needs. This will give us an idea of why they act the way they do towards money. Let's start with Nick. Nick, your primary human needs and money personalities. So your two top two primary human needs were significance and contribution. And then your primary money personalities were spender and risk taker. When I was reading through your stuff, I, I think that maybe your secondary human need is actually loving connection because hearing you talk about it and we, and so tell me if you think i'm right or not and if not just totally push back on me okay i i think it's i think reading what you were writing to me it sounds like you know and especially as a kid like Your, your need for, for significance obvious is obvious to me because of, you know, you were saying last time about, um, how kids used to like make fun of you and stuff. And so, you know, that need for significance is kind of, you know, the want to feel that that that's no longer the case. Like you're no longer that kid. And I think what you really always wanted was for like, and you say it in here that like, you want people to like you and accept you. And at the root of that, I think it's that want for love and connection from others. So that want for acceptance, that want for you know some sort of intimacy—not in like a romantic way—but like that need for connection. To me, is is more the case than the contribution. Like the contribution is more like. General, I would say. So I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I feel like contribution is more like, okay, I'm going to go and do this thing generally to like help a bunch of people in the world, or I'm going to donate money to causes that I care about. But like in this case specifically, I think that, you know, I think it's a little bit more about wanting to have those relationships with people. Does that make sense?
1: It absolutely makes sense. I think I might have discredited it because I try to avoid people at this juncture in my life, but it definitely makes more sense than contribution now that you kind of break it down that way. And I think it pairs very well with that need for significance. I think that the two of them kind of, kind of go hand in hand actually.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, like, I think you're right in that I think that when your primary need is significance, the the secondary need for loving connection just enhances the significance you feel. Like when people feel loving connection towards you, you feel more significant. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I think that, you know, sometimes they can be in somewhat of a conflict because you know, one is obviously focused on you and one is focused on others. Right. So I feel like, you know, I think, so let's talk. So that gives us a good segue into the money personalities. So your money personalities were spender and risk taker. Right. So, yeah, I, I definitely see how those pair up with your With your primary needs. And I think you did a really good job of explaining them as well. And I think how you treat your money is like a vehicle to achieve those things. Right. So absolutely. And you talked about it in your responses. So I'll go ahead and read them. I don't, I don't know if Angie got a chance to read them or not. I probably not since you have to submit them. Is that? Yeah, I don't think so. So on me, how do I see my money personalities meeting my needs? You said, I want people to like me in order to fulfill my needs for significance and contribution. I spend money. I share whatever I have. I use the, I use things as a way to gain acceptance. I don't buy lavish gifts or anything to try to gain acceptance, but I share whatever I have. Sometimes I'm pretty sure that I buy certain things in order to share them. And then... Are your money, personality, and human needs where you want them to be? You said, I'm okay with my human needs, but I would like to modify my money personality. I don't see a lot of long-term upsides to being a spender. I would like to work towards a money personality that involves long-term goals. So yeah, I mean, I think think your analysis of yourself is spot on. And I think it's going to be cool because I think once we go through your plans and your goals and stuff, I think that that shift that you want to make will just kind of automatically start to shift a little bit, which I'm excited about. So then I wanted to read what Angie said about like how she sees these things interacting in you. So she said, Nick's primary and secondary basic needs are significance and contribution. Nick's primary and secondary money personalities are risk taker and spender. As far as meeting his needs, I think that recognition and admiration are a big part of Nick's love language, and these definitely fall in line with his primary need. Accolades and compliments definitely fill up his tank. His primary money personality risk taker helps him fulfill his need by making him feel significant. Taking risk and listening to his instincts is a big source of pride for Nick, Things like noticing when he is doing well or adhering to a positive approach when it comes to money are are ways that I can contribute. Contribution is a harder one for me to understand. I feel like this need for contribution is more about a feeling of acceptance than about contribution. I can see how Spender as a money personality aids in this need. Spending money, getting gifts, or gestures of money are tools of acceptance for him. So, Good job on that. I think you're spot on. And I think the reason that you it was harder for you to understand the contribution was because I think it was the love and connection. So now that we've kind of discussed that, does that make more sense to you, Angie?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: After reading Nick's answers for the homework assignment, it was Angie's turn to be in the hot seat let's move on to angie um so your primary needs are certainty and growth and then your primary money personalities are security seeker and saver you know those are completely aligned obviously they i mean i think if i had to pick them to line up those were would be the exact ways i would pick them so (laughs) you shouldn't feel a lot of conflict in those because i mean they're kind of they're right there you know Obviously, the way this kind of presents itself in terms of how life is lived is basically, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier, but you definitely and you even wrote it in your responses, like you definitely like to make sure that like the just in case money is there. And so you feel secure. And a lot of obviously a lot of certainty is having that feeling of security. And so like, obviously, uncertainty is like the opposite of it, right? So you would you feel, you probably feel a little bit of turmoil when that those security seeking needs aren't met because you have that feeling of uncertainty. And then, you know, with the growth and the saver, basically, you know, obviously wanting to grow as a person, just, you know, spiritually, emotionally, all of that is one thing, but then also wanting to grow financially and, and kind of be in a different, you know, your, your goal is to then be in a different place than where you are today. Obviously part of doing that is being a saver. And so totally makes sense that, you know, you kind of tend towards those money personalities. So what you wrote is to how do I see my money personalities meeting my needs? I see my money personalities meeting my needs by helping to provide a safety net. I don't like feeling helpless or like one surprise might throw off the balance of my financial stability. I would certainly like to have a lot more money saved because without a decent size savings, things like injuries, natural disasters, family emergencies, etc. could really take a toll on my finances. I like to be self-sufficient and not have to rely on others to help or bail me out. I see my mother often doing this for my other siblings, and I don't think it's doing them any favor favors. Mm-hmm. And are your money, personality, and your top human need where you want them to be? You said, I would like my primaries to be risk-taker and growth. Worrying about being prepared for what might come next Definitely inhibits me from trying something new. I would like to not have to worry so much about certainty and focus more on growth and contribution. As far as my money personalities, I would like to have risk taker and security seeker. So we'll come back to that in just one moment, but I'm going to read what Nick wrote about how he sees your human needs and personalities working together. He said, Angela's primary need needs are certainty and security seeker, and secondarily, she needs growth and is a saver. Her needs and money personality totally make sense in a symbiotic relationship. She wants stability, and is re- it is reflected in her financial habits. In order to have a more productive relationship, I could be more cognizant of her need for certainty and growth and try to curb some of my personality traits that seem to be exactly opposite of hers. Opposites attract. However, just because Nick and Angela's money personalities and primary needs are different doesn't mean their finances can't match up. They can still reach their goals. The first step of reaching your goal is understanding where the starting place is. Let's talk about how how we get you a little bit more comfortable with risk. And so I I think, Nick, what you said about kind of trying to curb some of your personality traits that seem exactly opposite of hers is good. But I also think that, you know, a lot of times the differences in how, who we are, are can really be benefits, right? So, I mean, you're a risk taker. And so what Angie needs is someone who's going to kind of help her become a little bit more tolerant of risk. So I have a question for you, Angie, like in general, in life, like, do you do things that make you feel uncomfortable? Like it doesn't have to be with money, but just like in any area of life. Are you? Not really. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> this, this is the girl that worked at the same place for like five years. I think you lived in the same apartment for about that time period as yeah, well. I like comfort. Yeah. Some of the changes I think I helped kind of progress, but yeah.
0: Okay. So I think a good place to start. So obviously we talked about last time, like some of your goals, as far as like, you know, things, ideas you have and things you'd like to do. I think it's not something that we're, you're going to get to like right away that comfort level of doing those things. But I think one thing, someone gave me this idea just the other day because I tend towards like liking predictable as well. There are certain areas of my life where I'm comfortable with like uncertainty, but a lot of times I tend towards that, like inside my box type of behavior. And so my challenge for you is to every day for the next 30 days, do something That is outside of your comfort zone and it doesn't have to be financially. It doesn't have to be in any category whatsoever. Like if walking down the street and like saying hi out loud to a person is outside of your comfort zone, like do that. Or if I don't know, ordering a different thing at the place you always order the same thing is outside of your comfort zone, like do that, right? So they can be small. So, but my challenge for you is to kind of start doing little tiny things like one a day. And I think that that will get, that will like build up your tolerance. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I think it's a good place to start because with someone who is so grounded in, you know, that need for, certainty and that need for predictability. You have to start small to kind of get where you want to go. But I think in general, like Nick's Nick's risk-taking personality is a, an awesome compliment. And the same, I think Angie's security-seeking personality is an awesome compliment for Nick. So, you know, I think that the really awesome thing about doing these things is not just to see the differences, but to understand how... You guys can use them to complement each other and to grow each other and to, you know, kind of help each other in the areas where you may not be as strong in those particular area, particular places. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh. Meet in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that would be my my challenge uh, um, to you would be to kind of like do those little things that are outside of your box. I can do that. So any questions or comments on any of this? No, I think it's pretty straightforward. All right. So Nick, your primary financial goal was to get better at managing money. So you can be more financially stable, which would introduce better habits to your financial well-being. And you need to do that to start taking steps to secure future finances Have less stress because of money. And your final why do you want to do that is because you're technically an adult now and it's about damn time you start acting like it.
1: (laughs) Uh, it. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God, you're like channeling somebody's grandma. I'm
0: pretty sure I'm
1: I'm channeling my grandma.
0: Angie, yours is to have saved $20,000 because you want to be able to invest in your future and you want that because you would like to have the capital for the unexpected. You want that because you would like to have something to fall back on because it would be a good start towards retirement. And finally, because you believe at this age, I should have much more saved already. So I think both of you are kind of like, okay, we're adults now. We need to get our shit together, right?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Cool. So our goal is to do that. So if I, your joint homework was in the short term you would like to set up and um and maintain a monthly budget, and then what would prevent you from achieving it is poor communication and sticking to the budget. So we'll definitely kind of uh, I'll give you some ideas here in the next little while of like how to kind of make it foolproof you know, some savings ideas as well to kind of get you where you want to go. I've spoken about this before, but I want to talk about it again. Our country is in this weird space. And I guess really our world is in this weird space. Online banking has changed the way we account for our finances. A lot of us, under a certain age, simply look at our bank accounts to see if there's money to spend. It's really dangerous. And to combat this, we need to figure out a way to trick ourselves into making financially sound decisions. Sometimes that means creating separate accounts or having them at different institutions so that you don't see them. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Also, as a couple who is still in the dating phase, there is something to be said for dipping your toes into the accountability waters. There's also something to be said about still maintaining autonomy. Just knowing where you are, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and you guys mentioned that you each have your personal bank account, and you have your joint purse. I mean, your joint account, right? Yes. Okay. And currently, currently, your like each of your like paychecks or whatever go into your each of your personal, and then you contribute a set amount of money to the joint, right?
1: Yes. That's yeah.
0: So, I think I think that's fine. I think that's good. I think depending on how you want to kind of tackle you know, tackle the savings goals and stuff? Like, I don't know how to ask this without making you uncomfortable, but like, do you want to save like jointly or do you want to each have your own like savings pot? Like what is, what is your goal there? Like as far as, you know what I mean?
1: Personally, I would like to grow both. Yeah. I think that I think we're both on the same page that we would like to grow both of those. We've been growing a little bit of our joint savings. The growth has been very slow in there, but we are at a place where we have at least another month's, an extra month's rent in our joint account, you know, as savings. Uh But I know for my personal account, there is absolutely no savings going on.
0: Same with you, Angie. Yeah. Again, I spoke about Michael McCallowick's book, Profit First, which talks about having different accounts for different categories. Nick and Angie were open to this new idea. Really, us sitting down and doing budgets is excruciating, right? Like, I hate it. And I, like, I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if, if you make it easy enough where you can do bank account accounting and you know that, like, if there's a thousand bucks in your bank account, it's safe to spend because you've got your other things elsewhere, like you're good. You don't have to really think about it. It's not as excruciating. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, yeah. So I, th- I mean, I think it's a really great idea. He even says like you're saving stuff. Like you can have it a separate bank where you don't even like see it when you log on or something, which is another option. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, yeah. Cause like, it's easy obviously to transfer it over to rely on it as a cushion, you know?
1: Right, because if it's like right there and it takes like two button pushes to transfer it from one to the other, you see it as as the same money, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I think that we are really making progress with navigating the topic of money in a relationship that is committed, but where both Nick and Angela still want to have their own goals met. In this case, I believe that is important. When you're still in the dating phase, it's important to be sure to do what makes you feel secure, not only in the relationship, but as an individual as well. Next time, we will be digging into where their money currently goes and putting a plan into place for them not only to save jointly, but individually as well. You won't want to miss it. If you like Love Then Money, do me a favor and tell a friend or five. I'm Azure Ashby. And until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care.